Hi, I'm Nicole Ferraro, and this is The Divide, a podcast from Light Reading exploring the ongoing digital divide, why and where it still exists, and what needs to be done to get people everywhere connected to reliable, high-speed internet. Today, I'm joined by Elizabeth Page, National Sales Director at Ribbon Communications, and Aaron Young, Chief Operating Officer at Trico Connections, an electric cooperative delivering fiber broadband in Pennsylvania and a customer of Ribbon's. We discuss how and why Trico started deploying broadband to its service area and the state of its rollout now, why electric co-ops are well-placed to fill in broadband gaps in the rural U.S. and Ribbon's role in rural broadband delivery, and much more. Okay, Elizabeth and Aaron, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to the podcast. Before we jump in, I'm going to give you each an opportunity to introduce yourselves and your companies. So Elizabeth, let's start with you. All right, perfect. Well, thank you both. Um, It's great to be here with both of you here today. I'm I'm Elizabeth Page, and I manage the national sales team um, for the U.S. rural markets for Ribbon. And Ribbon, um, we develop solutions, um, software and hardware solutions for the communications industry across the globe. Um, And those solutions include end-to-end service offerings from voice, network security, packet, and transport, and also the uh, management solutions on top of that. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And how about you, Aaron? Hi. Thank you as well for having me on. Um, Sure. My name's uh, Aaron Young. I'm the Chief uh, Operating Officer for Trico Connections. So we're a rural broadband provider, a wholly owned subsidiary of Tri-County Rural Electric. So we've been uh, delivering uh, fiber broadband to uh, our customers for about two years now um, and uh, have about uh, 2,500 customers at this point in time. Okay, great. So Elizabeth, I want to give you a bit of a more bit more of an opportunity to talk some more about your your work of working with rural markets. Uh, it's going to be a very rural conversation today, mm-hmm. which is exciting. Um, what types of rural ISPs is Ribbon working with? Um, and what challenges is Ribbon helping those customers solve when it comes to closing the digital divide specifically? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I resonate with rural very well. I grew up in rural America and key parts of my family are still there. And um, so the market's very near and important to me. And I you know, personally understand you know, the technology gaps that exist sometimes. And I was you know, very fortunate to you know, overcome those and um, ended up with an engineering degree from North Carolina State University. So um, definitely appreciate what we're trying to accomplish here together between you know, vendors and um, service providers and um, electric co-ops. It's all working together to, to solve the problem. Um, my team, we work with rural uh, broadband providers, um, that be you know, just traditional wireline customers, um, utilities that are working to build out broadband infrastructures, rural wireless carriers, tribal providers, and municipals. So um, regarding challenges, um, I think one of the most immediate challenges is understanding what the needs are today. Um and trying to anticipate what is yet to be. So meaning that, you know, there's effort in place to build out, you know, you know, what problems are we trying to solve today, but you don't want to build that network and sacrifice scalability for the future, both um, bandwidth needs and also geographic needs that could present themselves as opportunities in the future. Um, so looking at scalability is very important. And also um, securing that network is very important. Um, and then finally, you know, the way to operate that network becomes very important. So the management system and the analytics system 
they almost need to act as a part of that, you know, uh, broadband providers team. It almost needs to be another person on their team to, that it's you know very intuitive type of solution. And I imagine those are especially important things for the types of smaller providers that you all are working with, the municipalities, the, the super small ISPs, and uh, co-ops like Trico. Um, so I'll turn to you, Aaron, to talk a little bit more about um, your work delivering service. I think you mentioned at the top that you've been delivering service for about two years. Um, so if you could just tell me a bit more about Trico Connections, some background on the electric co-op, and your journey to delivering fiber broadband services. Yes. So uh, as far as uh, Trico Connections, we've been delivering services for about two years, like you mentioned. Um, Tri-County Rural Electric, actually, since uh, 1936, has been delivering electric service uh, to our members, uh, about 17,000 members uh, across a 5,000 square mile territory. So uh, pretty sparse and pretty large. So when you, when you talk rural, we, we, uh, we live pretty rural. Um, the, um, the cooperative serves about seven, seven counties in, in Pennsylvania. Um, the broadband, uh, the broadband piece really is is kind of runs parallel to what the electric story was. Um, you know, back in the 1930s, nobody nobody else wanted to build electric to those those customers, and so the cooperatives uh, picked it up. So, um, you know, our membership had the same complaint. Um, our board of directors, um, you know, heard heard them saying, "Hey, nobody is willing to bring us uh, good internet where we live," and and uh, our CEO at the time. Um, explored the different options, looked at partnerships, looked at what other companies were out there, and nobody was really willing to to build to those areas. There just wasn't a uh, cost-benefit reason for them to do that. Um, so, um, you know, at that point in time, I think that was around 2018, um, the board and our CEO decided to, to enter the CAF2 auction and, you know, had a feasibility study and, you know, knew if we get enough money in the CAF2 auction, we can, can kind of make a go of this for at least, uh, you know, a small piece of our membership. Um, and so uh, we entered the CAF2 auction and were able to secure uh, $32 million. Um, and um, the decision was actually made instead of just uh, building to the areas where we got the CAF funding uh, to extend that and build to our entire membership base. Um, so uh, so that's when Trico Connections was really formed. Um, and out of that real grassroots efforts from our members, that that was a service they really needed. And, uh, you know, the cooperative uh the cooperative stepped up to to deliver that to them. So, wow, um, is the deployment complete? Uh, nope. So we're about uh, halfway through our fiber build at this point. Um, originally, it was a it was a six year plan. Uh, we started our build in November of two thousand nineteen. Um, okay. Uh, we actually, uh, when the the pandemic hit, um, it became very clear that we needed to accelerate that for our members. Um, we have a very uh, a large elderly population, um, and um, unfortunately, many of them um, were were stranded at home without a good communications uh, with their families. So, uh, we actually uh, we actually are going to take that six year project and probably squeeze it in four and a half years. Um, nice. So we have about thirteen thirteen hundred miles uh, built and about thirteen hundred more to go, and plan to build about eight hundred and fifty miles of fiber this year. So, wow, awesome, and. Um- what kind of speeds are you guys delivering where you are connected? Yeah, so we have two two plans for our normal residential members, uh, 100 by 100 um, megabits per second, and then a gig by a gig. Um, we actually, uh, we have about a 20, just under 25% take rate. So about a quarter of the people that are taking a gig by a, a gig. Um, and it's, it's kind of interesting because 
most of these are people that that had very slow DSL or uh, or even some uh, dial up or no connectivity. And uh, now that now that they have the the opportunity, they're they're you know taking the higher bandwidth plans. They're getting more devices, and they're really embracing that connectivity that's being delivered. Wow, that's that's fantastic, um, Elizabeth. Coming back to you, uh, I have you both on the call because Trico is a customer of Ribbon. So, tell me a bit about the role that Ribbon is playing in Trico's deployment, and uh, more broadly about Electric Co-ops. From your experience, um, why are they well placed to help close the digital divide in the rural U.S.? <clears throat> Perfect. Yep. And I, I just want to say, you know, we tremendously appreciate you know, Tri-County Rural Electric Cooperative um, selecting Ribbon as their partner. Aaron and team, they did go through a very strong vetting process along with their design and uh, supporting engineering groups. And you know, ultimately, Trico wanted to ensure that you know they were going to establish a resilient network for their end customers that Aaron just spoke about. And that's really the goal, right? Um, if you're going to go through this effort of putting money, you know, money towards this and effort towards this, you need to be able to offer the speeds that Aaron and team were just um, discussing. Um, Ribbon um, was selected as a result, and we're now working with Trico on their needs for managing their layer three packet <clears throat> network, including EVPN and um, IPM and PLS um, solutions. So across the board, um, you know, many customers are searching for ways to optimize their fiber usage. And so um, we see a lot of, you know, electric co-ops working to, um, you know, leverage their GPON devices where a GPON device operates really well in this area of special, you know, um, speciality, but then also Ribbon can um, complement that so that you can optimize you know, your fiber deployments and it can be a point of, of um, aggregation for those devices. Um, <clears throat> and also act as another layer of security into a highly you know, sensitive and critical infrastructure deployments. Um, we've got a long history of working with you know, the critical infrastructure customers. Um, within our voice and network security, IP and optical um, products. So um, it's kind of been a, um, a natural point of working together and continuing this, you know, the broadband um, rollouts. I see electric co-ops you know, attacking this in a couple of different ways. Some people, some companies are bringing the talent on to their um, themselves and they're bringing the expertise there to understand what it means to run a broadband network. Um, we've seen some partnerships between electric co-ops and traditional you know, providers, um, leveraging the best of both worlds, uh, maybe the geographic reach and then also the talent in different areas. And then some customers are, you know, they have the, some of the networks there and they're actually trying to monetize that network and that transport network. and. Um, and be a, a point of transport um, connections to other internet service providers. So, um, but you know, back to your question on you know how are you know how are the electric co-ops suited? I mean, ultimately, the goal of what we're address trying to address here is you know bridging that digital divide. And you know, if that if that's the focus, and you know, Trico is a perfect example of uh, of a company working to address the end customers' needs for broadband. Um, they're you know, uniquely positioned in many cases where they have um, the power, for example, into the customer's house already, and they're utilizing that um, 
customer engagement to deliver broadband in the most optimal way. Um, it's important that you know, the solutions we deliver are intuitive and they're easy to manage. And um, so we're, you ask a bit about you know, some of those unique requirements and you know, just ease of management of the fiber and understanding you know, uh, points of failure, how you can manage that from your office versus having to send out a lot of different truck rolls. Those are a lot of things we take a look at when we're working with electric co-ops across the nation. Gotcha. Okay, great. I, I'd be curious from both of your sp- both of your perspectives, uh, Elizabeth working with different co-ops and Aaron uh, forming an ISP from a co-op, um, is there anything that would make delivering broadband service easier, whether it was policy changes or, you know, probably policy changes? But um, Elizabeth, just sticking with you for a second, anything come to mind? Um, yeah, I think understanding the definition of broadband is very important. I think understanding what's going to happen once that network is deployed, you know, serviceability and ability mm-hmm. to maintain going forward is going to be very important for everyone to understand. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're solving a problem for today, but then how is it going to be affordable going forward? I think that's something that you know, we really need to take a, a strong look at as a community working together. Got it. Great. How, and what do you think, Aaron? Yeah, and I, I think the uh, the maintenance and the serviceability, I'd like to echo that because we, we've started to address the construction piece, um, but it's that long-term sustainability and, and making sure we're investing in long, you know, long-term proven sustainable products to, mm-hmm. to get that delivery out there um, are two of the big, big pieces, I think. And, you know, I think that engagement at the more, um, more local level of government, um, also needs to kind of get pushed more to the to the front with the mapping debate because um, mm-hmm. um, the you know looking at the maps with some of our local counties and townships are uh, um, significantly different they know it's different but it's not seen yeah. at the higher levels so really really making sure that our data that we're using to spend all this money is is rock solid well I know Pennsylvania has its own state broadband map is that the data you're using uh, so the Pennsylvania broadband map is is pretty uh, um, is pretty solid um, mm-hmm. from what we've seen. Uh, it's it's uh, the, you know the federal maps need a little bit of, of work from what I've what I've seen. Um, That's but the counties way to put it. the counties really know. <laughs> yes, uh, the the counties really seem to know though exactly. They've done uh, at least some of our counties have done surveys of of their uh, residents and really know you know those little holes that need to be need to be patched. So. Gotcha. So last question, and then I'll let you both get back to closing the digital divide in rural America. Um, States and especially rural areas are going to be receiving a lot of funding from the infrastructure law of uh, the the, the BEAD program, um, broadband. uh, I can't, I forgot the acronym now, Broadband Equity Access and Deployment Program. Yes. Okay. So there's going to be a lot of funding coming down from that, you know, in the fourth, next year or two or three. Um, so how do you see it impacting your work over the next few years? Um, let's start with you, Elizabeth, and then we'll finish with you, Aaron. Sure. Yeah, perfect. Um, so, you know, we really do try to take an approach of being a partner to our customer. Um, many of our customers work with consulting engineering firms, and um, we try to complement that very well. Um, we're kind of in a unique position where we, especially when it comes to um, broadband, we offer, you know, packet and optical network solutions. So we work hard to understand, you know, what are we trying to solve today and where we're going to, you know, what could we anticipate happening in your network? Um, So, 
having that learning um, session early on is very important. Um, then we've worked hard to create series of different webinars based upon common questions we get from customers. So, you know, I remember one that we did not long ago, um, and it was simply titled, you know, what is DWDM? DWDM demystified. And I think we have 20,000 plus, 20,000 plus views of that one webinar. So um, customers are just looking for some of the intro knowledge and, you know, and, and comparisons of technology on, you know, should I go more packets? Should I look at more of a layer one, layer two, or layer three network? So putting some of that out there and doing some general learning is important. Partnership on understanding the goals uh, for a network is important. Um, you know, I do feel like we're uniquely positioned here um, since you know, we have, you know, um, you know, complementary to that, we also have our, our voice and our um, network security solutions. Um, so we we're able to take a full view of what of what our customers are trying to work on and considerations of how one part of your network could really um, create strains or bottlenecks in other places of your network. So knowing that in advance is important. Um, we're working with supply chain. Um, that's a critical part of today's discussion, and we work hard to stay ahead of the requirements. Um, we've got you know, the best customers in the world. And so we do a good job of trying to communicate on what they see coming, what we see coming and proactively forecast for supply chain. And then we're expanding, um, just like our customers are expanding their teams, we're expanding ours, um, from, not only from a sales perspective, but technical support and implementation and, and engineering teams. So um, we're selective. We wanna ensure we get, you know, expertise that our customer can count on, um, especially we have 24 seven US support. So that's something our rural market customers really appreciate. And so getting the right talent in is very important and we're working very hard to ensure we're staying focused um, to support the growth. Got it. And Aaron, you mentioned that uh, Connect America funding helped you guys get started. So how do you see all of this funding uh, helping your future growth? Yeah, so for, for our on-system build, um, we're going to kind of be ahead of ahead of that funding, I think, that's coming out. So the real areas we're looking at, and we've already started to engage uh, with our, our local townships and uh, counties to to uh, show where we have built, and here are the small pockets um, just off of our system where where we know that you know nobody is serving. So we're kind of keeping our eyes open on, on that funding as a way to kind of extend our network into those rural areas that are that are now much more accessible because we've already built, you know, our fiber plant. So, yeah. Well, thank you both so much for giving me some of your time today and keep me posted on your great work. I really enjoyed getting the opportunity to speak with you. Thank you both. Yes. Thank you both. Appreciate it. Thank you again, Elizabeth and Aaron for joining me. Thank you as well to our producer, Pierre Landrio for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more episodes of The Divide, as well as interviews and insights from the Light Reading team. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.